Monday, March 19th, 2018 from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. Now I want you to know you're hearing me today and I am here. I'm in the room next to where I am now. So I'm, I'm recording this in a room, but today my physical body is the room next to where this was recorded because what Slate is doing, what the Slate podcasters are doing, we're engaging in a retreat. I find it's very hard to actually have new activities for retreats. I've been going to retreats as long as I've been working. It's kind of the same thing because here's my theory. It's very difficult to propose in advance in retreats. You know what I mean? Like you can have a new idea. Everyone's excited about it. But as soon as someone says, well, that's certainly in advance. Well, then it's out the door when it comes to retreats. I have some ideas for some other organizations that might want to engage in retreats. For instance, when dermatologists do retreats, I'd avoid breakout sessions. I'm just saying. And then there comes the Trump White House. I think the different parts of the Trump White House might improve communication or team cohesiveness with a retreat. For instance, HUD, the people of HUD can be tasked with building a tower out of popsicle sticks. Uh, Here are some constraints. They can't name the tower Trump Tower. They can enlist the help of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard to build it through backdoor channels from Baku. They have to keep the total price under $31,000, and they can't offer it up as actual housing. I know Carson was on board up until that last point. How about some members of the Trump White House, the legal team, could do a human knot exercise? It's classic. The constraints, you can't let Michael Cohen untangle it. He would do a very bad job. How about a scavenger hunt? This is a good one. I do these with my kids. So here's the task. Find negative news stories for which a Trump White House staffer was a major source. And if you can name everyone who gave a blind quote, you'll win a point or a popsicle stick. And how about trust falls? In fact, we have tape of some of the Trump retreat trust falls going on. Ryan's Europe. Okay, Rex, it's your job. HR. And finally, instead of a ropes course, how about we skip right to handcuffs? So I won't be spieling today. I'll be playing Two Truths and a Lie with the folks from Trumpcast. I'll be doing a trust fall and hoping the entire cast of Represent will be there to catch me. Represent, guys. Represent. But never fear. Maria Konnikova is here to play our favorite game. And the topic is toxic receipts. Did you know this, that the receipts from a cashier, they're coded in something that people are freaking out about? I didn't even know it. In fact, I don't even know if it's bullshit. And that's what Maria's here for. The New York Times' Nick Kristoff is a, is a really good reporter and uh, an interesting op-ed writer. He's one of the few people to win Pulitzer Prizes in commentary and international reporting. I mean, if you want to really feel bad about the Rohingya, you go to Nick Kristoff. However, there is some evidence that he's gone a little off the deep end. He's been um, testing his pee. He's been writing about the results of his urine. In the pages of the New York Times, he's not friends with a Nazi, but that's kind of uh, awkward behavior for a Times columnist. Awkward, yes, but bullshit? That is the open question. 
Joining us now is Maria Konnikova. She is the author of The Biggest Bluff and uh, recent cover girl of Bluff Magazine, which is not about uh, rock formations in Montana. I read Bluff, or I do when I'm in a casino and there's a free magazine there. She, she's on the cover of Bluff Magazine. All right, that's not our headline. Our headline, <laughs> and we're playing Is That Bullshit? The Stuff Nick Kristoff is Obsessed with Edition. Hello, Maria. Thank you for coming in. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Uh, have you, had you read, before I flagged it, have you been reading Kristoff's columns? On and off, on yeah. and off. I've been traveling a lot for my Bluff Magazine cover shoots. Yes. So, yeah. so not, as, uh, not as regularly as now, I might have done. Now, as you travel, you might find yourself in a different town and maybe yes. you're lacking some eye makeup removal or maybe some nut mixture with 50% less peanuts. So you go to the local CVS yep. and you get a receipt. I do. Now, as we know... The danger of a receipt from CVS is that it could wrap around your neck and kill you like the uh, famous dancer Maria Callas. I think it was Maria Callas. We'll check that. But Nick Kristoff says there are other dangers to receipts. Yes. What the heck's he talking about? Well, apart from the choking hazard mm-hmm. and also the, the fire hazard. Don't forget flames, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. paper. Yeah. It burns. Call your brother's apartment yes. full of receipts. Yes. Yeah. Receipts are printed on something called Thermal paper. And thermal paper has something that you and I have talked about in the past, BPA. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. We talked about plastics and BPA. The question is, can this BPA from the thermal paper somehow make it into your system Mm -hmm. and do all of the bad things that these types of chemicals have been shown to do sometimes in high concentrations in mice and rats, such as disrupt our endocrine system, cause cancer, like breast cancer and reproductive organ cancer, um, ovarian, you know, uterine, prostate. Etc. Let's just name um, organs. Yeah, just yeah. name just yeah. name some name organs. organs. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So can it do can it do that? Can it do that? Now, when the BPA is your water bottle, yeah. you are drinking water that's touching it and ingesting it. Yes. So maybe it's a bad chemical, but I thought the problem was leaching into the water as opposed to just a receipt, which I suppose you touch it, but they put it in the bag, you throw it out. I mean, you're not eating the receipt. Does that <laughs> Does that come into play? I mean, I don't know. You're not eating the receipt. Right, right. You could be receptophagic, <laughs> I suppose. So yeah, there are lots of issues here. Yeah. But first, let's just let's just talk about has anyone ever studied receipts yeah. and BPA yeah. and your health? And the answer, as of a few years ago, 2014, as of what eight, four years ago, is yes. Yes. People have studied this. Okay. So there was a study that came out that looked at people who would have an occupational hazard of receipts. Ah, now I understand. Now I understand. Right? So these are the people who handle the most receipts in the kind of most concentrated amount of time. If we're going to see health problems in anyone, this is the population where we're going to see them, right? Right, right. Because this is like when you're you're looking at any new environmental toxin or anything where you want to test exposure, you first go to like the target workers. Right. Right. So this was why uh, secondhand smoke, there's a lot of good evidence that it's bad, but you need a lot of exposure. And I remember people saying, well, why ban secondhand smoke? Who is in a bar that often? The answer is a bartender or someone who works at a bar. So you study. this is essentially the equivalent. Exactly. So this is the equivalent. So they looked at a number of cashiers and non-cashiers and measured their urine levels of BPA. Yeah. So they did what Nick Kristoff <laughs> did. Them. Yes. Well, they did tell them. And what they found was that there was a ton of variation. So they looked at before shift and after shift and 
it was really, really weird because some cashiers had higher levels in their urine before their shift than uh-huh. after their shift. Uh-huh. And some had more after than before. And basically the data were really inconclusive except for one thing, which is that marginally cashiers had more in their urine than non-cashiers. Okay. We're talking about people who handle, on average, you know, at least one receipt a minute. Okay. But they're not touching them for very long because right. most people don't touch them for very long. And I guess the next question is, so what? I mean, right. how much? How much more? And is so, that bad? so right? So yeah. th- we've we've talked about this a little bit with water, and we even discussed that the alternatives to BPA in the plastic water bottles are probably much much worse, mm. and that you really have to leave the water in the water bottle in the sun for a long period of time for there to be any effects. And you correctly point out that people have to ingest the water, and you don't normally ingest receipts. At least you and I don't. No. We're, we're not judging. We're not judging. But so there was another study that actually was like, well, how does it absorb into the skin? And they used hand sanitizer so they, because hand sanitizer actually makes your skin more absorbent to certain things like BPA. And so they looked at whether people used hand sanitizer and then handled receipts. Mm-hmm. And what they found was that you absorbed more if you hand sanitized and then handled the receipt. However, it only really mattered if you then went on to eat with your hands ah. without actually washing your hands in between touching the receipt and ingesting the food. That was the crucial variable in the middle. Then they actually looked at the data with the cashiers, and they found that a few cashiers ate on the job yeah. and ate out of containers that actually had BPA, <laughs> and others did not. Yeah. And so this is another kind of one and of those also, variables. And also a, f- uh, a very popular dish among cashiers is receipt casserole. Yes, this is true. That this is true. That could skew That the could findings. skew the findings. Well, this you know what the bad guy in this is? is well, Nick Kristoff. But... <laughs> It's it's the hand sanitizer. You think, oh, I don't need to wash my hands. I'm using right. the sanitizer. The sanitizer is making it worse. You need to wash your hands from the sanitizer. Yeah. So so basically, if you're handling receipts, yeah. first, don't put on hand, hand sanitizer and then handle the receipts because the receipt's the dirty thing. Right. And if you do do that for whatever reason, which is fine, you know, yeah. once again, no judgment, <laughs> then go and wash your hands before putting your hand in your mouth. Right. You know what a lot of the bodegas in New York use is a little half lemon. Have you seen the half lemon to t- uh, I have, to touch yeah. It with their fingers yeah. We got to do a study on that. Yeah, we should do a half lemon study. <laughs> well, actually, I would guess that that's also bad because water and actually moisture increases maybe, the absorption. But maybe the acidity of the lemon counteracts that. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? And these days, I mean, we've just started studying receipts, but Thank can God. I just can I just say that yeah. we are experiencing fewer and fewer receipts in everyday life because yeah. most places now have completely paperless checkout. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you really have to try to get a receipt. Then they'll say, can I text you or email it? And maybe you'll say yes. But you know what that leads to? Screen time. Exactly. More screen time. Exactly. That's bad for us too. Yeah, BPA and screen yeah. times. Yeah. Yep. For sure. The light, for the sure. blue light, keeping us up. Yep. You can't yep. win. No, you can't yeah. win. Yeah. So, you know, what I found was that I really don't mind touching receipts as long as I'm not eating. But you know what? You know me. We've talked about me being a little germaphobic. Yes. I'm never going to touch a receipt and right. then eat even, well, we've, we've even broke, before this. We've broken bread and upon your insistence. We did. You, your own bread and me, my yes. own. I tried to break your yes. bread. You were I, like, no. No, absolutely no. not. The only person touching my bread is me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So these few studies that do exist show that it is under certain circumstances possible to absorb BPA from thermal paper, uh-huh. aka receipts. However, these levels are very low, and they disappear actually pretty soon after. 
um, your exposure to said receipts. And still, the number one way that we can absorb it is through the mouth rather than through the skin. And so don't go changing your diet right now. If you don't already have an addiction to eating receipt paper, <laughs> it's probably not a good time to start. Uh, what is So what is the effect of if there is slightly elevated levels for a little time in someone's body from touching receipts? None that we know of. Oh, great. <laughs> it could possibly, under extreme circumstances, slightly boost the levels of this chemical that if they are boosted, we don't really know what they do. Right. Well, we know what they do in high quantities. Mm-hmm. They do. They are endocrine disruptors. Right, right, no right. one is. And they can cause cancers. Like right. the, no one is disputing that. Yeah. But we're not rats. I mean, I think that's a caveat to all toxicology studies. Yeah. And like maybe if you're a cashier who's also a breastfeeding mother, because it also absorbs very heavily into breast milk. Right. And it's actually much worse for developing infants than it is for grown adults. So if you are a cashier who is currently breastfeeding, you can wear gloves, you know, wear gloves when handling receipts. A cashier if you're, if, is currently breastfeeding. Who is currently breastfeeding, like, yes. While this is, I'm, just, while I'm just trying doing to give checkout. you, while doing checkout. Paper, from, plastic, and could you hold my baby for a second? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> then maybe you would want to consider it, even though still I don't think there's any very good evidence that it's yeah. going to do anything bad. All right, let's take it on two levels. A consumer, should consumers avoid receipts? Just yeah. because they're icky. Okay. And because why would you want receipts in your wallet? I feel like I spend so much time cleaning receipts out from my wallet and yeah. my bag yeah. that like I just want to I just want that out of my life. The Look at yeah, look at your say. wallet. Look well, at your wallet. All right, here we're going. We have a $4 off coupon. Excellent. Um, That's not a receipt. We have a check I need to cash. I'll take it. We have a bunch of bills. Now, here we have the mother load, all the coffee. Here's a receipt from a jewelry <laughs> store. Here's a receipt from a doctor. Yeah, because like he's going to give me my money back if my health turns bad. Yeah. Here's a receipt for laundry. Mm-hmm. Five pounds, one pillow, one blanket, 28 bucks. That's a lot. And then more dollars. So what I'm saying, I think what we're saying is I actually at this point only have run one receipt, or two receipts, including the doctor receipt, but I have- And the th- laundry, three. Oh, yeah, three. Yeah, so, so am I going to so basic- die is the question. Um, yes, Assuredly. but so am I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are all going to die. <laughs> yes. And finally, someone in the receipt game, in, in the big receipt biz, should they avoid handling receipts? Is that bullshit that receipts could be harmful to them? It's mostly bullshit. Just don't hand sanitize, then handle receipts, then eat. Then breastfeed. Than breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you avoid that causal chain, you're, yeah. you should be totally fine. And luckily for the American worker, all retail is going away anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, so we don't have to worry about it. Once, once we're all just working for Jeff Bezos, we'll be free of receipts. Yes. Yes. Maria Konnikova is the author of the forthcoming The Biggest Bluff, but she was honest with us here in this edition of Is That Bullshit? Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Mike. Oh, and by the way, I guess the last is that bullshit question. Should Nick Kristoff be worried about receipts more than the Rohingya? Quick thing, is it okay that we're joking about a slow motion genocide? I don't think receipts are that bad. I don't think (laughs) (laughs) she fell. She fell (laughs) off her chair, (laughs) like with a big breeze, like that truck on the Verrazano. (laughs) That was so good.
And that's it for today's show that just was produced by Pierre Bienname, who is manning the name tag table. Please stop taking the permanent markers, people. All right, he's down to two. If you need senior producer Mary Wilson, she will be at the helium station. This is where you write your workplace stressor on a balloon and you let it go. If Pierre would just stop taking her goddamn markers. Executive producer of Slate Podcast, Steve Lichtai, leading the retreat and leading the memory wall exercise. This year's memory wall will not include February 3rd, 2017, for reasons that are explained in last week's company-wide email. The gist, due to trust fall exercises sustained last year, we're trying a tug-of-war demonstration, bring gloves, some of us have something to prove. Oomperu, deperu, deperu, and thanks for listening. <laughs>